whoa, whoa, salam alaikum, wow. everybody. How are Dude, we whenever, doing? Whenever I hear that chime, it just like gets my heart rate going so fast. It's almost as fast as when I finish a foot long too quickly and then I'm like on overdrive for the rest of the day. Yeah, dude. I feel like, do you feel like as you're from start to finish of the foot long, do you eat faster, slower, or are you a consistent biter throughout each inch? Mm, I think I try to demolish that thing as fast as possible. So pretty consistently uh, because the faster you get it over with, the less chance you'll regret it mid-meal. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather mm-hmm. just like finish it and then regret it immediately after than you know, at halftime or something. What about you? Yeah. So you would, you would think that the natural progression would be to slow down as you're eating because you're getting more full of footlong. The footlong is leaving the wrapper and sitting in your stomach and piling up. But I'm the exact opposite. I actually, it ramps up the more footlong I eat. First half, game's a little slow. Second half, I'm whizzing through it. And it's because everything is starting to crumble. It's like the infrastructure of Detroit, you know, it's falling apart. And I'm just trying to eat that thing. So before it becomes just a puddle in my hand, mm-hmm. so that, and also it gets more and more intense with the sauce flavor, the deeper, the closer to the tip that you get. Uh, and I just find that like that intensity fuels me, the drive in me more to eat that. <laughs> yeah. It unleashes the dog in you, mm-hmm. dude. I think, the way you're describing it is kind of like when you eat with your girl, you know what I mean? Because like at the beginning, when the plate comes to the table, you're slow, right? You want to make sure that like Bay gets as much as she wants. You don't want to like mm-hmm. eat it all and then she doesn't get even get to try it. So mm-hmm. like you kind of start slow. And then when Bay starts to slow down, you're like, yo, you want you want that last piece? And you're like, no. And you just fucking demolish that last piece. Dude. I love that moment. It's like the gates are open and I just, Oh yeah. It's like black Friday at Walmart. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. The whole time I'm eating in there, the whole time she's eating, I'm waiting at the door at Best Buy, like just fucking so excited to burst through the doors and eat the rest of the meal. Yeah, dude. I'm literally like a hound dog at the bowl waiting for them to, the owner to pour the kibble in. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Shit. Oh man. Um, speaking of eating with Bay, I went to Nightingale the other night, just a mm-hmm. quick little date night thing. I had to pick up Bay from a work function. So I said, hold your stomach. We're going for dinner after and got to sit at the bar at Nightingale immediately after checking in at the hostess table, um, which was nice. I think it's the best seat in the house. I don't know why they don't assume we want to sit at the bar first, especially on date night, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I love the bar at Nightingale. The way that they just slide the peanuts down the bar counter. Here you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the best spot to watch the, the curse to mixology in action. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get to see all kinds of shit being made and you're like, that sounds freaky. I want to try that one. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing is like, if you're going to spend like 18 plus dollars on a cocktail, you're actually paying for the entertainment factor. But if you're sitting mm-hmm. at a normal table, you miss out on that opportunity. So you're paying... Mm-hmm. For the full show, but you're skipping it. You're just getting you're getting the just the beverage, and that's a real mm-hmm. shame. It's the same reason, like why I never get takeout from real restaurants. I only get takeout from fast food because you're you're paying an upcharge for the environment, the experience, and the service, mm-hmm. but then you're not actually using that. So yeah. if you're ordering Compare. cocktails, you better be sitting at the bar. 
to be fair, you're paying DoorDash more to like make your food soggy. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're delivering it to you, but at the same time, they're making it objectively worse and not as fresh. And that's everything this podcast stands against. Dude, we eat fresh over here for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love, actually... when, yep. I love when I'm sitting at the bar and they're like spinning my little old fashioned and getting it like nice and cold for me in the little mm. glass decanter mm-hmm. thing. And I'm just like, I'm just giddy. I'm just like waiting for them to, you know, plop the little garnish on top and slide it towards me. Yeah, dude. It's like my 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 mouth starts salivating because I'm just imagining that that cold beverage touching my lips, that first sip feeling. <laughs> Chills. <clears throat> dude. Yeah. But uh speaking of eating fresh, I was trying to look up before this episode the average time it takes a sandwich artist to make a foot long. And the numbers that I'm getting online are clocking in at about four and a half minutes. Does that sound correct to you? Four and a half minutes. Um, what's the average toast time? Like, is it, it's like 45 seconds, right? So right away, you're There's losing no way it's a lot of time to that. Yeah, dude, it's got to be faster than 45 seconds because 45 seconds is a pretty long time already, but it's an excruciatingly long time. If you're just standing there avoiding eye contact with your artist, their artist is like twiddling their thumbs and you look at your phone. It's like riding the elevator with somebody. Yeah, true. When the elevator stops at like three floors on the way up to your penthouse apartment, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? This is taking Mm -hmm. so long. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's probably more like 30 seconds. But it is excruciatingly long. It's like longer than it needs to be. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think the time does go by when you're like frantically just trying to figure out what to put on your sandwich. So like time's ticking away, but you're like looking at the veggie bin. You're like, ah, the pickles mm-hmm. look bad today. I don't know now. <laughs> it is actually like a happy accident for Subway that right dur- like during the toasting, you're teeing yourself up to make the most complicated choice of the entire build. Like there's so many options there and you, you it's mm-hmm. nice to have a head start on the sandwich artist. Mm-hmm. Totally. You're selecting the color and trim of your Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. You're like, do I get the night package? You know, do I hit mm-hmm. the, you know, 19 inch wheels? What's going on here? And yeah, then dude, you know, those before you know it, ding. tires cost an extra 10 K. So you got to really exactly. think it through. <laughs> exactly. ding. You gotta be, <laughs> ding. you gotta be willing to put up, put up with that, uh, you know, bump your ride, but, it looks better, so pros and cons. Mm-hmm. There are pros and cons. You are absolutely right. But I mm-hmm. think four and a half minutes feels a little bit too long. It, it's long enough that I wouldn't call it fast food. So Subway's done themselves correctly in that sense. But it's long enough that I think the sandwich is start to get soggy before it even hits the wrapper at four and a half minutes. And I don't know if Subway's going slower lately, or they've always been this about this speed because I don't know me, but I felt like sandwiches have just in general been more soggy. Like I'm, I'm noticing a trend. Like mm. I, they either turn back the toasting time, 15 seconds to make up for lost minutes or the sandwich artist is moving too slow. Or maybe my unbeatable craving for sauces is what's screwing <laughs> me. But I don't think it's that. I think it's one of the first two. Something's going on here. The bread doesn't have the same support systems in place that it did before. Am I crazy? I don't know, man. I don't know because I think you are crazy. And I think you are also um, getting back to your waist by putting the red tomato sauce on the bun like immediately. Like that's the mm-hmm. first thing that touches the bread. And mm-hmm. I think that's 
a ticking time bomb. You know what I mean? It's a red sauce bomb. And the longer it takes for you to make your sub exponentially, it gets soggier, you know? Yeah, you're right. It's a high risk, high reward maneuver for sure. And I'm what I probably experienced actually is the repercussions of my own decisions. So, <laughs> hey, that's life. You know what I mean? Sometimes you've got to face the repercussions. <laughs> Damn. When Subway teaches me a life lesson every time wow. I go. That's right. No cease and desist on this podcast yet. So, you know, nope. we're, we're still cruising at 60,000 feet over here. Hell yeah. Plenty of consent on this podcast. <laughs> Plenty of permission from Subway to talk negatively about them. Silence yep. is um, being a bystander. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's true. And I don't ever feel like I'm a bystander at Subway. And that's the beauty of it. I am a complicit first degree sandwich maker, Eric. <laughs> you are guilty as charged, Ty, for yeah, like dude. murdering your stomach insides. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the lab. I'm Walter Whiting that foot long with, with my artist, <laughs> Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, Dude, petition to start calling your sandwich artist, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw the most insane AI-generated image of Jesse and Walter White <laughs> laying in bed together this morning, and Jesse's like leaning <laughs> over him on the pillow, saying, "Like, what are we, Mister White?" <laughs> it's like, damn, Jesus I did Christ. not need to wake up to this. Yeah, it's way too early to, to see that kind of shit. Damn, shit, bro. Yeah, it's wild. Speaking uh, of internet, Eric, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you like architecture? <laughs> Do I like architecture? I would say mm-hmm. I'm probably a, a light enthusiast of architecture. Mm-hmm. Same yeah, with the I... sauce uh, collection at Subway. I would say I'm an enthusiast. A sauce enthusiast, for sure. Uh, I consider mm-hmm. myself an architecture enjoyer myself. Um, but my follow-up question to you is... <laughs> If you're not homeless, then technically you're a, an architecture enjoyer. <laughs> if you're homeless, you are an architecture observer. <laughs> I choose not you're to merely a fan. You're merely a fan of architecture. If you live under an overpass, but if you're inside of a building, then you're you're participating in texture. Yeah, you're complicit. You're a first degree architecture enthusiast. Congratulations. That's a good distinction. Uh, Damn. I mean, in a way, Subway is architecture, both the buildings themselves, but more so the um, inception of a sandwich. It's, uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I, in a way, the menu is the blueprint, or maybe the blueprint is in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I mean, that's like a Tizo touchdown lyric. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think personally, we, we all walk into Subway with a vision, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I want to eat this today. And that makes us the architect in this case. And then mm-hmm. what we have to do after that is we have to relay our designs and our vision over to the engineer, which is uh, inappropriately named the sandwich artist. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who have to construct it. So at what point does the blueprint actually get conceived? Is that in the sandwich artist's brain or is it in between their fingers <laughs> is the sandwich the blueprint? there's such a, there's such a crux point here this lost in translation moment where m- my blueprint and their engineering need to come together and i don't think that subway really i think they kind of are dropping the meatball in the, at that particular moment because they're relying on the individual artist and the individual patron 
to communicate to determine what goes on the sandwich. And if you think about like the different artists out there already, it's kind of whack. But then you think about the <laughs> patrons era, and the patrons are absolutely absurd. I've I've seen people mm-hmm. in there that like they, have, they order without saying a word. There's people in there that are like completely oblivious to what's going on. There's so many like weirdos and freaks going into the subway, at least where I'm hanging out. And so every single one of those interactions is going to be different. And that's going to create an inconsistency in the sandwiches that the artist is able to produce. So if I was Subway, I would figure out how do we fix that communication problem? How do we <laughs> merge this, both sides of the sneeze guard? Well, I think they've tried in the past. You know what I mean? The most recent attempt would be the numbered menu, which is like, if I can just t- tell the artist a number, then they can, then they have to turn around and read what the number means. You know what I mean? And then I guess that is the only way to communicate. And like most people know how to count to 10 in like multiple languages. So mm-hmm. that helps a lot, I think. Yeah, so. that does help. <laughs> Dude, but the problem though is there's like 16 Subway Series sandwiches. So what if you want one of the signature sandwich on the tail end of that? Like, good luck saying 14 in Japanese. Damn, you're right. My knowledge ends right at 10. Same. Is there 16 though? I thought it was 10. <laughs> it's not 10. <laughs> I don't think it's 10. Subway series sandwiches. Let me just pull up a picture of the menu here. I will ver- verify live on pod how many are in the series. Okay, I can confirm that there's 12. So I, o- I over-indexed. I overshot the greens. The veg- I overshot the veggies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really chipped it. Um, <laughs> but you know what? 12 is pretty manageable. Um, the last two are probably vegetarian anyway. You they know, are. So like, <laughs> you don't have to worry too much about saying 11 or 12. It's just like 1 through 10. Um, it's, it's not coming up. What if there was a secret like number 13 or number 0? Bro, we should order the 13 next time we're there and see what mm-hmm. happens. I guarantee it's a secret menu thing that they've been trained for, but just no one's mm-hmm. tried it yet. Yeah. It's kind of like that bar in Chinatown where you say you want the number 7. And then you like mm-hmm. get let like the fridge opens into like a doorway with like a staircase or something. And then if you like ask for the number eight, there's like another door. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's going on here? Dude, don't even try the nine, man. You just walk right through the building, pop out yeah, in the dude. alley on the backside. Yeah, the number nine yeah. is you end up at the number five orange. Ooh. Hopefully um, not. I've yet to actually try dining there. <laughs> it's been impossible to get in. Yeah. Wait. It, uh, oh, at, at the speakeasy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't I ended up in there. I've been rejected many times. Being rejected from a speakeasy is a shitty feeling as a man. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, like how did you not know energy? how to get in? Yeah. Or it's like, do I give narc energy? Like, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to go in there because I might like blow out its cover. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But at speakeasies, you're going to get the most enthusiastic and um, like animated mixologists because they need to play into their theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like with oppression comes like better art. <laughs> it's like they're they're like cosplaying as oppressed artists. You know what I mean? And so when mm-hmm. you like go into the speakeasy, they're like, "I'm not allowed to be doing this." Or at least that's like a figment of my, of my imagination. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I'm going to go crazy with the twirling the bottles and stuff, you know? Oh, for sure. If you want a really good mixologist, you need to keep them in there. Don't let them leave. <laughs> Physically oppress them. <laughs> it's kind of like when teachers like 
you know, they don't go home, right? They just sleep at school. Mm-hmm. I think that's Pretty the same sure thing with mixologists. Like they don't actually, they're not like real people. They're NPCs. They just kind of like power off at night <laughs> when it's last mm-hmm. call, they just turn off. I'm fairly confident I've walked into a subway and seen a sandwich artist sleeping on a cardboard box <laughs> in the back room. <laughs> Definitely seen that as well. But what do you think the speakeasy equivalent of at subway would be? Like, do you think the sneeze guard becomes a like ladder? You just like climb down and then there's like like a hidden, I don't know. What well, what's down there, Ty? Yeah, okay. So there's a few things we need to figure out here. How do you get in? <laughs> and then what's in it? There I think it would be cool to use a more like um like famous or infamous aspect of Subway's architecture for the uh entrance. Like it'd be cool if you had to reach up to the fake potted plant on the fake brick wall <laughs> and pull it down. And then like one of the big pictures of a tomato like pulls open to reveal a hole. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I like it that. It would explain too. why the subways here have like maintained aspects of their original architecture. It's like it's not in the budget to like redo the revolving door, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, shit, we, it would be too much of a redesign. The the second cool idea, Eric, would be two toasters. One is a functioning toaster, and the other one you have to crawl through to get into the speakeasy. Oh shit! Yeah, so a little spelunking the toaster. Yeah, dude. I don't know, dude. I don't know if people will be comfortable climbing into a toaster. There might be some like hesitation there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell me more about that. I don't know what you mean. Would you climb into a toaster if someone said, "Like, I yeah, know. hop in"? You think uh, that you would just be like willy nilly, like, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, dude. I'm. I'm going to like Hansel and Gretel that thing and go chase down those breadcrumbs. Munch, munch. I'm a little mouse. Get me in there. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine there is some kind of secret menu item as well. Like there just has to be. Like I refuse to believe that Subway doesn't have some kind of like secret. Maybe it's an ingredient or like some kind of option to like supercharge your sub. Like the garlic oil is like, it's like getting there. It's like getting to that level of mm. like, no one really knows about it. And when you do it, it just goes crazy on your sandwich no matter what. Yeah, dude, the gar- garlic oil is the turbocharger of the ingredients. But mm-hmm. I think the only secret ingredient that's at Subway that's present in that restaurant that you might be able to access if you ask nicely is the, whatever the sandwich artist brought for lunch. Because at a certain <laughs> point, they need, to, they need to stop eating Subway. Right. So you're like, you got a PB and J back there. Can I scrape some of that J off? You know, oh, <laughs> like, no. I'll, I'll give yeah. you a big, big fat tip. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I just need J off. <laughs> I need a J off, dude. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go in the back room and J off? <laughs> Damn. And sandwich artist looking at you sideways. Like what the fuck did you just say? Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. <sighs> I don't know if I would trust that ingredient. Um, but then again, like nothing at Subway is really that trustworthy. That's <laughs> true. Shit. Shit, dude. That's um, a really good point. Hey, speaking of trustworthy, I put a lot of trust into a sommelier yesterday. Tell me more. <laughs> um, this was after our tennis activation last night. Um, mm. Friend of the pod, uh, Patrick and I went to... Bar Susu, which is on mm-hmm. Main Street. It was my Susu. first time over there. Bar Sus. Um, I thought it was pretty fun. The 
uh, waitress recommended a bottle of wine for us because we were like, okay, tell us, you know, what's good here. And then she's like, um, okay, what are you in the mood for? And then we said, we're feeling like something orange today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the then, orange uh, cheese, please. Yeah, orange cheese and toasted. Toast that up, will ya? Will ya? Um, and then she's like, okay, um, do you want to get, you know, freaky with it? Or do you want to keep it kind of like approachable? And we said, let's get freaky. Um, so mm-hmm. we got this bottle of wine from the Okanagan, I believe. And she described it as the hazy IPA of wines. That sounds intense. That sounds Are you intense. sure you were up for that challenge, Eric? It sounded charged up. But then I was like, I mean, it's wine. So it has to be already stronger than an IPA. Yeah, I mean, so I'm like, what's going mm-hmm. on here? But mm-hmm. she poured it up for us and she said it would like start off tasting like a creamsicle, but then you would almost get like hits of tobacco and like smokiness afterwards. And I was like, tell me more. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, a boy so lunch. <laughs> creamsicle and sig. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, boy lunch, dude. That's sick. Um, but yeah, it tasted pretty good, man. It tasted exactly like, like a, like a citrus IPA. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Pretty good. Quenching. That place had good food too. Dude, that place is funny. I like how their bread and butter, they make the bread, the shape of the word Susu. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's a really nice touch. Real brand. It, caught me off guard. it made me smile, which is probably the whole point of that. Dude, and then, yeah. We immediately like scraped off the last U to make it say sus. Nice. Sus. Uh makes me think like why doesn't Subway like make a foot long that's the word foot long, you know? <laughs> you or ever like get those donuts? Sauce. Like the specialty donuts that they shape each donut in a different letter? You could do that with mm. sandwiches to spell like happy birthday, Eric. Oh, that mm. is so sick. I like that quite a lot. The sauce would be a good touch uh, though too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, put some fucking performance into your sandwich making. You know what I mean? You call yourself an artist. Why not drizzle, mm-hmm. you know, my name or some secret message before you plop down that last piece of bread? Mm-hmm. But what if they, like, you, like, you have a disgruntled artist, you weren't a very good patron at the very end, they're squeezing the sauce in and it kind of looks like something like, I'm going to kill you in a script <laughs> or something. Just written in the light mayo. And then you challenge mm-hmm. them on it, and you're like, hey... That's a threat. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, I'm just saucing it. It's like, no, that's what you're going to say to the sandwich. Yeah. I'm going to kill that with my mouth. Exactly. I was pretty impressed with the bread and butter, dude. I'm, I'm kind of like a bread and butter guy. Mm-hmm. And I will always order the bread and butter because you can't, <laughs> you can't miss. It, it's, it's kind of my thing. It's kind of my thing, dude. Think about it. I get that. You get it. Dude, I, I am a bread and butter guy. I'm a, I carb load everywhere I go because I can't get the meats. And I, I love bread and butter because it just feels like the most essential ingredient of life. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the water of food. <laughs> it really Sparkly. is. It really is. I think bread needs to go with more meals. If you ask me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like more meals should just have like a slice of bread on the side. Like it, it yeah, goes dude. well with anything. Yeah, dude. That's why I like going out for food with you because you are also a breadhead. So you and I are like Walter and Jesse, you know, breaking bread together. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I give you one end, I'm holding on to the other, and then we like yeah. ceremoniously <laughs> rip the bread in half every single time. 
No, whoever gets like, the bigger piece has to pay, though. <laughs> it's like, what are what are what are we, Walter? And you're like, co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! What's that um, fucking wretched bitch's name from that show? <laughs> I don't know, dude. His wife. <laughs> What's their name again? I can only remember male actor names. Damn. Um, Walter Jr., obviously. Yeah, yeah. Top top, top three actor on that show. Um, what are the best juniors, too? Like, up there with Donald. Mm-hmm. Oh, Skyler. 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 Classic child. <laughs> Skyler, where's the money, Skyler? Where's the money? Shit. So before you went to Barsusu, you hinted to the breadheads a bit of uh, foreshadowing or fork shadowing if you will um <laughs> now nah, that pun didn't work uh that you and i were oh. in court together hit hitting the courts i gotta say eric i just want you to know you played exceptionally well on the tennis court last night Thank i felt you. like i was always so deep in the back of the court that i was gonna sink i was the titanic <laughs> titan sub the titan subway sandwich of the tennis match and dude i was drowning out there mm-hmm yeah, you, you often play, like, the outside of the tennis court is lava. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you want to stay, like, safely in the middle. But I was pushing you all the way to the corners. And you were you were yeah, getting dude. those balls, dude. You were chasing them down, hitting them mm-hmm. back. And some of those rallies were longer than I expected. And you got me a few times as well. Yeah, dude, I was a little gopher on that court running around. <laughs> trying my best. Yeah, dude, you were going for it. Going for it. Um, wow. Yeah, it was fun. I think... You know, obviously, I got there like an hour before you did, and the warm up. This is the first time I've like warmed up <laughs> extensively for a game, and like the proper toasting. I I understand warming up now. You know, what I mean, as mm. an athlete, like hopping in ice cold is, you know, you're warming up the first few games, so you got to like really mm. work on that swing. Yeah, it must help because all athletes do it. See, I jumped in no toasting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I thought I was fine because I'm not a professional athlete. So I thought, what difference will it make? But then when I continuously got absolutely mauled by you, <laughs> uh, I, re- I realized that either I'm just bad at this sport or warming up makes a difference or both. Yeah, it's entirely possible. It's a little bit of both. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun, fun activation. Mm-hmm. It really was. <laughs> um. Yeah, we, this is like the second tennis court that we had to find because now this is the second time in a row now where our first choice is just taken over by pickleballers and pickleballers. Nothing makes me more upset than pulling up to a tennis court and seeing two families take up two different tennis courts when like they're using like 25% of the square footage Mm -hmm, of the tennis court. mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, dude. It makes me so angry that I don't even ask them how long they're going to be. I just leave immediately. Just to be clear, this is a pro pickle podcast, but this is an anti pickleball podcast. There's a difference. Um, Pickles should be on subs the, only. Yeah, I agree. And off the courts. Now, <laughs> I have a big problem with them too, Eric, because I don't think it's a real sport, and it's I'm not. the guy that I'm the guy that defines what is and isn't a sport. That's my job. <laughs> you're really good at that because you accept all games. You know what I mean? You're willing to try games, whereas like I'm not willing to try games at all. Mm-hmm. Games should be left off of 
like professional level uh, surfaces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to play pickleball, do it in a park or like in a parking lot or in a cul-de-sac. You know what I mean? That's like the perfect place to chalk up some lines, put a net mm-hmm. there and get to pickling. You know what I mean? Yeah, you dude. a pickler? Have, have a pickling <laughs> night. And I don't even, the worst part about this sport though is that it's, okay, two reasons. One, I think it's invented by property, like real estate developers to continually create a sense of comfort in millennials that they can occupy small spaces <laughs> to, can, this is my conspiracy. Okay. So that people are like more willing to buy a studio and junior one bedroom apartments because they're like, even my sports are small. I'll feel comfortable here. It's all about brainwashing. That's reason number one. Reason number two is that there's no actual movement happening on the sport. I walked past a few pickleball courts and it's a bunch of young people spending an evening. They think they're getting exercise, but they haven't even taken like 15 steps. You know, they haven't mm-hmm. even swung. They're just gabbing. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, at my local tennis court, there's always people there that are like in their 50s and mm-hmm. up and they play for like four hours. You know what I mean? Four they're hours? Like, they play for so long, Ty. They bring the lawn chairs. They bring their kids, their dogs. Um, they bring like incense, like <laughs> like citronella, like incense and like sandwiches. And they just like sit there and like rotate off. It's impossible to kick them off because there's always a fresh set of people playing. So you cannot you can't kick them off because you're like, hey, how long have you been here? And they're like, oh, we just started. <laughs> but it's like they've had the court for like eight hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So but I envy those uh, people. Yeah, they're really camping out, though. You know, squat, squatters rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the sandwich part. That sounded cool. But everything else sounded like kind of intense. Mm-hmm. Too intense for what the activity is. You burn more calories eating pickles than playing that game. The thing about this, Ty, in my neighborhood, it's the most lively area. Like, forget all the bars and the breweries and the wine bars and all that stuff. The most lively mm-hmm. area is the tennis court. And mm-hmm. it's something I can get behind. You know what I mean? You walk by, people are playing until 11 p.m. The lights are on. You know, people are like hanging out, smacking some balls, talking shit, mm-hmm. playing with the oh, kids. I love talking shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's such a vibe. And I makes me proud to you know, live in this neighborhood. I get that. The, uh, I, I, the social scene is in, uh, unbeatable. And, and even the pickleball social scene is quite mature so i gotta give them that they have found community even if it's around the dorkiest activity possible it's dorky um but tennis isn't like it's not like you can't do tennis you know what i mean if you can play pickleball and you're mm-hmm. like 65 you can pick up a racket and like hit a ball across a net it's probably mm-hmm. easier to do that because there's more bounce on the tennis racket you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. less force exactly I think it's just the serving. I don't think that an old person has any other reason to lift their hand directly in the air other than serving. (laughs) So it might hurt. Or like bingo night. Like, you know, we got to put your hand up at bingo night. That's about it. You're right. Wow. So they have to, they can't play tennis because they have to reserve their arm for bingo night. Yeah. They serve with their right. They bingo with their left. It's pretty straightforward, actually. Damn, dude. And also, old people are professional. Um, can I get the bill, people? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're like, but they've got it down to eye calculated. contact only. Yeah, eye contact or a very calculated wave. You know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. able to just like 
perfectly time it so they don't have to keep their hand up for very long. They just go like, boom, done. You know why? Dude, you ever go for go for a meal with an old person? They are like a panther hunting the server the minute their last <laughs> bite is in. Last mm-hmm. bite, no dessert. They are watching that server like a lioness, you know, like mm-hmm. prowling the savanna, waiting for the opportunity to strike the gazelle. As soon as the mm-hmm. gazelle lets their guard down, two fingers up, Bill, little nod, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Absolutely masterful. Yeah. Wow. How do they do it? Yeah, a lot, lots you can learn from old men, you know what I mean? Yeah, like never talk to an old man after he's finished eating. That's the worst time to ask an old man a question yeah, because they're they are locked in. They're they're on shift now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, they don't work 9 to 5 anymore, but they work from like 6.30 to 6.45 ready to get the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 12-minute window must be so intense for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Mm. Hunt, hunter inspiring. instincts really kicking in. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, dude. Um, okay. King, it's been a great pod. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to getting outside. I think it's the last nice day before it rains for mm-hmm. like Ever. two years straight. So, mm-hmm. yeah, probably hit a patio and try a sparkling red, maybe. We'll see. I love that for you, King. I'm heading to Whistler in like two hours to uh, take in some ocean views and then some mountain peaks. So think fresh, everybody. Stay stay sunny. And we'll uh, catch you next week. Ciao. Ciao.